What is up, gas cans? I am your host, at Hop BFF, Chris Hopper. Wait, at Beerfield Hop. Gas cans, at Beerfield Hop. Chris Hopper, two P's. Beerfield oh, Thurry, at Beerfield th- Dan. That like turned real quick. You were like, oh, I got it. I got it. Oh, that was, my, la- that was my last burst of energy. That was your like, that was your 18th, like third win. And it died and in the middle of you it. You had it. You were right there. And then you fumbled it. You stumbled. I, you Daniel Jones did last year. You know, running 80 yards, just stumbling. Damian Harris did. Um, <laughs> you know, it's fun- funny because I'm like, I did just wake up from like a hour long nap or something like that so 45 so i'd imagine my energy is going to pick up as we go it might have even been longer than that hour hour and a half nap so my energy is probably going to pick up as we go because we're only going to wake for like five to ten minutes but it's been a hell of a week um already and it's tuesday so yeah i'm a little a little drained uh hopefully you're doing better but dan hopped on the slot on the zoom call and he's like Man, I just got tired all of a sudden. I'm like, yeah, it's the vibes. These fucking drain right through the right through the monitors. They're like, well, you're about to feel my pain. Well, hopefully, some things will put life into me. Um, by week hell, making things difficult for people that puts life in me. We're gonna make it easier for you guys. Um, so primarily, we're gonna break down how do you handle bye weeks? How do you structure your lineups in bye weeks? How do you deal with you know, weeks like this week or week nine, week 10, week 13, week 14, where you've got four plus NFL teams on by. This is the worst. Easily. The, yeah. It's like, this might be the worst of all time. Well, you have the I mo- know we've had bye weeks before, but this one's fucking brutal. Yeah, the most teams on by this week. You know, you have the most teams on by this week. There are five teams on by this week. There are four weeks left with four teams on by. Um, six teams, right? Is there? One, two, three, four, five, always... six. Yeah, I can't count. Keep an even number, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, open's so, an even number. So there's six teams. <laughs> right. Okay. Six teams on by this week, so it is the worst. Um, but you had, last week we had four teams on by. You've got two other weeks coming up with four teams on by where, you know, some of those are pretty stacked for fantasy lineups. Um, well, maybe not week 10, <laughs> but, um, we're going to help you figure out how do you structure lineups and, uh, you know, give you some players to target on waivers. We don't traditionally do waiver wire episodes because there's a lot of places you can get that, but we are going to give some of it with, with bye weeks upon us. Maybe look at some schedules going through the bye week, see if anybody's got a particularly soft matchup. We'll go from there. Also, I have the latest news as I read it on the fly. And, and uh, you Hell know. yeah. Then we'll get into week seven. But as always, before we do that, we're drinking. What's fueling beer fueled? What are we drinking, Dan? I am drinking Distill's Triton. This is their newest hybrid American English style barley wine. Um, for those of you who've been listening for a while, no. And I'm a huge fan of barley wine. And I was up at the brewery getting some stuff for an event that I had to do last week. 
I had to pick me up one of these. So I'm going to share that with you guys tonight. Very nice. All right. I have not even had a chance to, to beer shop. So my fridge is like, what thing that I've had forever do I want or what sour do I want? And I'm really not feeling sours right now. It is not the season for that. So um, I've got statewide from four hands. Uh, so, yeah, statewide is their hazy pale ale. It uh, helps support the Veterans Community Project, so it does have a charitable component to it. I know nothing else about this beer, 5.5 ABV. Uh, they used hops, probably some barley water. <laughs> yeah. The things that you know, the things you use to make, make beer. beer. Right. Things that help to make beer. Things that help you make beer. All right. Oh, boy. News. Okay. What? Uh. All right. Wow. That, I just caught something surprising. Anyway, uh, not surprising. Kadarius Tony, uh, ankle injury. He's expected to miss at least one game uh, after his breakout. So Dante Pettis, who we'll talk about here later, filled in for for that. Um, you know, Giants still a really, really beat up receiver core. So oh, it's when Dante Pettis is your number two. <laughs> In, yeah. in 2021, things things haven't gone well for you. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um, the Browns have a rash of injuries. Uh, Jarvis Landry is not quite ready to come back yet. Baker Mayfield's in a sling. He expects to play. Odell Beckham Jr. has been sidelined with a shoulder injury after I think he left the game and didn't come back. Yeah. Um, they've got Kareem Hunt to IAR. Nick Chubb already ruled out. So everyone's hurt. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more as far as who do you go for here when we get to the waiver wire segment, but everybody's hurt. Everybody's hurt. Uh let's see. Speaking of everybody being hurt, Paris Campbell's hurt again. Story of his career. Uh the Colts have waved Jacob Eason. Oh, the dreams died. Yeah. Uh you and Matt, you and Matt can go. Well, can sulk about it for a little bit. It was always something too. No, it was always more of a process and where he landed pick than it was a extreme talent pick. It was oh, I know better of that back into your and where he landed behind a Philip Rivers story. If he's going to be something, he has a chance. So take the lottery ticket. Uh, okay, Bridgewater is expected to start. I didn't know that was a question. Uh, yeah, your guess is as good as mine. I had no idea. He apparently, sacked nine times. Dawson Knox broke a bone in his hand. Not expected to miss one time, but probably will miss at least a game there. He is worth holding on to, but got to ruin our three tight end strategy a little bit. Well, he's on bye week this week, and he heard it throwing the two point conversion to Josh Allen. Like <laughs> a play that didn't need to happen. Yeah. Eh, eh. And Josh Allen apparently tried to check out of it, and Knox, did. Knox yeah. would not let him. So Knox Jeez does get this. Christ. This happens with Dawson Knox. This was well, this is what stopped Dawson Knox from being more heralded coming out of college was literally the fact that well, one, he was overshadowed on his own team by a lot of really good players, but two, 
Um, he was banged up. I think his college career, he played something like 16 games across three seasons or something like that. Yeah, it's between him and Metcalf who can miss more time. Right. Like, I mean, you know, breaking your bone in a hand is a bit, like trying to throw a pass is a bit of a freak accident. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, he's back after the bye week and he can continue to to reign as a, as a top five, six tight end. For the sake of my Scott Fishbowl team, I need that. Yeah, Josh Lambeau cut by the Jaguars after Matthew Wright <laughs> nailed some field goals and a game-winning kick. Dude, that was uh, that was insane. You know, welcome to London. <laughs> Have no where, idea. <laughs> where uh, Jacksonville somehow finds ways. They always to win. To win weird games out there. <laughs> So way to do it. And we're to Monday night. By the way, Monday night miracle finally happened for me. Yeah, I I got mine last week. I did not get it this week. Uh I got mine this week. I was down by forty six, I think. Going into Monday night with uh Tyler Bass and Derrick Henry left. You got her done. Uh, Derrick Henry got her done for him for me. Tyler Bass couldn't have done it without the kicker, though. Just enough from the bass. He's more of a smallmouth bass, but I mean, he, got he it had, done, so it's a large mouth. Yeah, he had thirteen of that. No, I mean, that's yeah, that's getting it done. That's getting it done. Mm-hmm. He had thirteen, and Henry had four thirty-nine. So it got it. Henry, Henry, uh, Henry did everything in that game. Literally everything. <laughs> That came for the Titans. Uh, yeah, A.J. Brown Yikes. dealing with an injury. Of course. Cash drain for Dak in week six. Cowboy medical staff's opt- opt- optimistic he's going to play after the bye week. So I hope so. Um, Making sure I'm not missing anything critical. No foot. No foot. Uh, Zach Ertz gets traded to the Cardinals. Oh, yeah. Zach Ertz was traded to the Cardinals. That happened late last week. It did. It feels like I mean, so long ago. So, yeah. yeah. Well, for you, it's like 80 hours. 80 hours of work week ago. Right. <laughs> feels like two weeks ago. Um, uh, yeah. Zach Ertz traded to the Eagles, which the Eagles were... Not the other Eagles. way around. Zach Ertz traded to the Cardinals. Wrong damn bird. God damn birds. Wrong damn bird. No, traded to the Cardinals, who have been targeting their tight ends. So, was not eligible to play, but they had been targeting their tight ends. Max Williams... With two X's, was fantasy relevant for the first time in five years. Ever. Ever. I mean, the last time he had fantasy top 15 games was five, six years ago. Was targeted by the Cardinals five, six times a game. Just good volume for a tight end. Zach Ertz is more of a pat, more known as a pass catching tight end than a blocking tight end, like Max was. Um, comes in and I, you know, He's going to get one more shot. If you're tied, if you're in a tight end hellscape, which if you're playing in an NFL fantasy football league, you're in a tight end hellscape. Go, go do it. Go do it. Go figure it out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is uh, the moment that Zach Ertz owners have been, that Zach Ertz rosterable people have been waiting for it. It's, it's, it's their whole you know, life, their whole their life. life. Well, in the last, the last two, two years, years, they're like, when, when can I actually fucking finally play Zach Ertz and, and 
you know, Murray and this Cardinals offense has decided that, you know, Hopkins should only get 21% target share, which is the highest in the team. And everyone should get five to six targets per game. I mean, fuck, A.J. Brown's got all but one game with six. He's got six targets in all but one game. You know, Moore and Kurt, I, you know, I expect Ertz, um, you know, the shine in the red zone. He can still work kind of over the middle. And he's going to have mismatches like everyone else. And Murray's played at an MVP level, and he's killing you with all the playmakers, not just Hopkins. Everyone. Or Edmonds or Kurt. Fucking everybody is beating your ass down. So not bad. Not not bad for a flyer tight end if uh which I'm sure Ertz will be picked up. Well, let's see. Sam Darnold's falling off the the wagon and Matt Rule's gonna try to lead on the running game a little bit more after Christian McCaffrey tried to come back from a hamstring injury and landed right back on IR. Feels like last year, huh? Yeah, I really don't uh just, I, I guess this is a problem with waiting with McCaffrey. Now you have to miss him for up to six weeks, and now your playoff hopes from a team that started out three and zero have lost three straight. Yeah, and uh, in what looks to be, you know, there's it's not a wide open NFC, you know, by any means, but there's two wild card spots that I think are going to be up for grabs. And the Panthers made moves to improve the defense, and Darnold is uh, four touchdowns, six picks. Super horrible uh, completion percentage. Not not getting it done, unfortunately, for them. But this, I mean, again, so what happens when he loses all of his playmakers too, right? I mean, this is there's a soft schedule. It was, you know, Darnold finally had a good cast of people around him, and now the injuries are starting to happen, and you're starting to see. Yeah. You know, what happens? What happens? All right. JD back in here. JD. It's back in the chat. What's going on, buddy? It's been, well, I mean, we talked to you at least once or twice a week in the group chat, but or in the league chat, but he wants to know rest of the season, this week and rest of the season. Okay. Michael Carter or Mike Davis? <laughs> it's Mike Davis this week based on matchup. Um, I mean, if... <sighs> I mean, if this is for Dynasty, obviously it's Michael Carter, but redraft-wise... It might be Michael Carter rest of season. I'm looking ahead here just a bit, at least over the next, at least after this week, right? And I just lost it. So the Jets for the Patriots this week. That's not a, a go with Michael Carter. Um, they have the Bengals the next week. That is. Then the Colts, which is fine. The Bills, which is iffy. The Dolphins, which is fine. Now I'm into week 12. The Texans, which is good. Oh, he's a, it's a guillotine league. Guillotine It's league. a limiter, limiter league. I, love, I fucking love these leagues. I do too. I, we should do more of these. Um, there are also two players that have kind of been going opposite directions as the season's wore on. I mean, not quickly, but... I feel like Carter has been worked in a little bit more, whereas, you know, Davis is Davis, in Cordero Patterson's I mean, shadow. Yeah, I mean, Davis is still seeing at least 60% of the snaps while Carter is battling, finally to hit 50-50 both if that touchdowns the past two weeks kind of boost up their numbers. Carter is the more talented back. Both offenses are garbage, and 
at least it, it's tough because I promise you, whoever you pick, you'll end up dropping from the other one at some point because they're both untrusted. They both play in backfields that are that are ambiguous. Mike Davis is a little more known. He's a little more uh, secure with his volume. It, I, and I'm looking at the Falcons' <sighs> schedule too. It, it's schedule yeah. is heavily in favor of Carter as his talent. So, I mean, if you're not leading on these guys to play, like if you're just hoping for, okay, I'm going to ride this guy until the next couple of weeks, and hopefully I'm still involved, then I just hold on to Carter. Maybe it gets it gets better. But if you're playing in a guillotine link, for those of you out there that don't know what the guillotine is, this removes the the least scoring team every week and the players on their roster goes into the free agent pool. Um, and then you keep adding players and you keep chopping off the lowest scoring team every week until you reach your final until there's one a winner. Yeah. And, and so gradually rosters will start to improve. You get about five, six, seven weeks in, it starts to get all teams start to get more improved and it's about picking the right players. And hopefully you're lucky on that instead of just getting the best player. Uh, most leagues lose uh, a uh, a fat budget to kind of help. Um, I don't know if it matters between Carter and Davis. If you if you're surviving, there's going to be better ones. There's got to be better ones out there. But I would I, I would on I would on the Michael Carter. That's, yeah, I'm gonna I would lean Carter too. Schedule leans Carter. I think talent leans Carter a little bit. So I'm gonna lean Michael Carter. Hopefully, you're not relying on on one of these two in like two or three weeks when. Hopefully the running back, uh, the running back Frazier pool. Michael Carter rest of season, Mike Davis this week. Sorry, I got to answer the full question. Okay, sure. Yeah. Len has had their their bias next week, right? Or is it this? Hold on, I I actually have it pulled up. So Atlanta's buy is... Where are they? Oh, Atlanta's coming off the bye. Yeah, I was going to say they should be coming off both teams. Both right? teams are coming off the bye. Yeah, yeah, because they played in. Yeah, because they played in London two weeks ago. That's, That's right. probably why this matters for this week. That too. It's he my, said. He said his main lineup's great. It's my, a bunch of. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Mike Davis this week. It's Michael Carter rest of the season. If, if this is a bye week thing, which it looks like it might be, um, it's Mike Davis. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Good question. Love eliminator leagues. league because I play in one. I have a. Uh, I, I typically get to the bubble. It's very difficult to get to get past that. It's really based off of luck. Because again, you're trying to pick up the best mm-hmm. players and not play matchups per se, but you're trying to play the best the best players. And well, it's like even in head to head, even in head to head, right? You have a bad week. Yeah. It's just you have a bad week, and, and you know there's gonna be a week where your team might. Your your team's gonna be near or the lowest scoring, and you know it's not death in those leagues when it happens. You just take your L and move on. Eliminator leagues, I do like eliminate. I do like guillotine uh, leagues though. Yeah, it's all about not trying to score the most points right away. It's about not scoring the least amount. So yeah, there's a lot of strategy, and we can go more into that in the off season. Maybe we'll spend some time talking about some of the odder side of. Of the of the of our fantasy leagues. Yep. All right. You want to go ahead and kick into some of what you had written down here, and like I said, before we get into that segment, 
about, you know, some players to look at during a bye. I want to talk a bit about lineup structure, but uh, go ahead and we'll start with the first question that I've seen rolling around. You got uh, the you have the Chris Broussard uh, clip that if you've uh, if you've been on Twitter in the last few hours, you've probably seen a clip of him with like uh, butchering. I didn't watch it because I really don't give a fuck, but I have it's been, been throughout there. So. Oh, okay. Um, so obviously this is in part to the play call the end of the game last night. Sean McDermott and you know, the Bills went four and fourth and one on the three yard line with 33 seconds left down three. Didn't kick the field goal, obviously. Josh Allen. Uh, takes the handoff, looks stuff slipped and fall. Look, I've seen it. I've seen I've seen the conversation posted a bunch on here, so I figured I asked you, what are your thoughts on the call? Do you think he made? Do you think McDermott made the right call by going for it on fourth and one, down three with thirty three seconds left? Spoiler: I'm, I do. I do. I think it's no. Good. I'm fine with it, and it, it's look. There's this argument three freaking times a year. Yeah, and. Well, it's weak, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, well, it's really, really, you know, it's really binary, right? On or off. It is either you're of the school of we're going to play for the tie and get to overtime and then see what happens where there's still some weight you're putting into a coin flip at that point. Or we're going to play to win and we're going to play to win right now. Ron Rivera, we know, is a play to win and coach. Right. Yeah. Um, there are a couple other guys that we know are notoriously play to win. And you know, you know what? If he kicks the field goal and you go to overtime, you're having the same conversation. So the oh, yeah. decision to go for it, what yard line was it from? The three. The so three. It, it was a so the decision to go for it, I'm fine with. Yeah. The play call. I'm probably not trying to run my quarterback on fourth and three. It was a, a a fourth and one from the three. Fourth and one. So from he gets the three, to sorry. the two to pick up the first down. Okay, so. got it. Never uh, mind. Not yeah. as egregious. I'm still okay with that because I got a big ass quarterback too that is known for his legs. So you're trying to pick up the first down and get four more shots at the end zone. There, I'm fine with it. You're playing to you're playing to win the game in that scenario. You're not playing for the tie. And I guarantee you there are a lot of coaches in the NFL because how do you become an NFL head coach? One, you're good unless you're Urban Meyer, then it's a marketing decision. <laughs> or two, and two, you're competitive. Nobody competes to tie. So I, I'm fine with it. It's a talking heads talking point. I didn't see the play. I didn't see a snap of football this week, honestly, because of work. Yeah, I've been busy. Um, this is it. like I can I stayed plugged in a bit through sleeper when I could and just kind of box score watching is I'm known to do when I can't get into a game and you know maybe whatever yep. highlights happen here and there but you know I did not see a snap of football even yesterday but I will say that given what you just told me no issues with that Yeah I mean it, it you know for those of you who need a little more context the Bills defense was was getting they're getting fucking, rolled uh, by Derrick Henry. A train down by Derrick Henry. The only viable thing in that offense, they've given up, I think, a touchdown on on uh on uh four straight drives. So defense A probably tired, B not doing much to stop anything. And 
I don't know how many people who wouldn't go for it on fourth and one with Josh Allen. He fucking slips. Like if he doesn't slip, score a touchdown, we're we're heralding Sean McDermott as an aggressive play caller, blah blah this, blah blah that, instead of having to have this conversation about it. Like analytics are a part of, you know, today's game. And if you're following analytics, you're making that call hundred percent of the time. In the Super Bowl, in the preseason, in fall practice, like you're fucking making that like you're making that call every time. Yeah. And you have to live and die by it. And, you know, for the old school fans or for the fans who said that would kick the field goal there, I don't know. You're going for the same amount of odds. You're not going to win. You're going to like, Those are the same tie. fans who prefer. You're still trying to win the fucking game. And you have to essentially whoever wins the coin flip, right? Because the Vikings won on their first drive against the Panthers in OT. I believe the, uh, uh, the Cowboys did too. So Those are the same fans that listen to Creed and only have sex in the missionary position. <laughs> Don't want to do anything risky. Yeah, Kirk Cousins <laughs> only have only have a yeah yeah sex military positions on their birthday. Ah, uh, I love it. All right, I'll, I'll take a blue moon, please. It's nice and safe. Oh my god, I'll take a Boston. I'll take a Sam. Hey, no, 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 no. Don't you fucking dare insult Sam Adams on this show. <laughs> Fine, I will take a Liney Kugel's Summer Shandy, please. Okay, I'll take that. I hate that beer. <laughs> All right. I hate that. You wanna... I hate that beer. Yeah, I so, do. Uh, so before we talk about uh, some of these players, let's jump into the strategy portion of surviving, not just by apocalypses, but just surviving bye weeks in general and the importance of, of navigating your roster through the seven – the eight weeks of uh, of buys here. Sure. So bye weeks do not start at the draft, right? You don't start planning for bye weeks at the NFL draft. If you plan for bye weeks while not the NFL draft or fantasy football draft, if you plan for bye weeks while you are in your fantasy football drafts, you're probably struggling right now. Yep. Uh, you, it's just not something you should pay attention to when you're drafting your team. Now, when it comes to the actual bye week and getting to this position. Uh, this is the, the worst week of the year. There are a couple others that, that figure to be bad. You're going to find yourself in some situations where it's, holy crap, how do I structure a lineup? Well, one thing you hear me preach all the time, and I hope you've listened, is depth and roster depth and floor players. But your lineup structure starts from who is my opponent. You have to build it based on your opponent and based on projections and based on your opponent's matchups. If they have a lot of boom, you're going to structure your lineup to go for broke. If you're projected to be close or, you know, they've got studs with not so good matchups or you're even projected ahead. Then what you're going to do is you're going to look at some guy at some of these floor type players that I, recommend and the best benches in fantasy football are a mixture of the wide receiver running back position and a mixture of both some boom and some safety but who do you plug in well that starts from based on your opponent and based on projections and who what do you need from there you're going to play matchups you're going to play the waiver wire which we're going to talk about in a minute and play matchups in that regard 
you're going to stream defenses. You're going to stream kickers because you should still have kickers. <laughs> and we're going to help you out with that. But the roster structure of, or the lineup structure of a bye week is should be predicated on your matchup and head to head. It should be predicated on your matchup first and the players you're plugging in their matchup second based on what you're trying to do here. Because what you're trying to do at the bye week when you're missing three or four of your regular starters is you're trying to survive the bye week. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about um, you know, some of these bye weeks coming up and look at some guys that might have some softer schedules as well as some guys that are, are trending the right direction. So uh, as we look at this week, we got the Bills. So you're going to have no Diggs, no Allen, no Dawson Knox, no Manny Bill- Sanders, Manny Sanders, no Zach Moss, no Devin Singletary. Like this Moss, Singletary, any, like no. Players. This is yeah. the worst. Yeah, this is the worst week for it. You're going to miss no Tyler Bass for me. You're going to miss your Cowboys. So you're going to have no Lamb, no Cooper, no Zeke, no Dak, no Pollard, no Dalton Schultz. You're going to miss the Jaguars. Not much, but you're going to miss the Jaguars. James Robinson. James Robinson. Um, the Vikings, there's another just absolutely stacked fantasy team. So you're now taking Dalvin Cook. If you had to pick him up, Tyler Conklin, Justin Jefferson, and Adam Thielen out of the equation. The Steelers are out, so there goes Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, um, the and Deontay Johnson, Johnson, and the Chargers are out. So you have no Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, or Justin Justin Herbert, or even a surging now surging Jared, Jared Cook. Cook. Yeah. So this when we say this is the worst for bye weeks, this is the worst week for bye weeks. After this, you have the Ravens and Raiders. Um, you know, that hurts a little bit, not bad. Lions, Seahawks, Bucks football team, that's probably the next worst bye week, honestly. Um, which is week nine. Bears, Bengals, Giants, Texans, you're not missing a lot there, thanks to the fantasy wastelands that are the Bears, Giants, and Texans. <laughs> Broncos, Rams, you'll miss a little bit. Cardinals, Chiefs will be another one that for only having two weeks on bye is gonna smart a little bit. Panthers, Packers, Browns, Titans. That's going to give Week 9 a run for its money. That's Week 13. And then Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, Eagles in Week 14. Not quite as bad. So, um, Dan, why don't you go ahead and talk about some of these players that you have targeted just based on their individual performance while I take a chance to look at some schedules here. Yeah, so I started writing this list, kind of just highlighting some of the players I wanted to just, you know, I guess give some notes to when I turn into more of a free agent. Uh, pick up. So we're going to start with with the Bateman himself, Rashad Bateman. In a week, he was supposed to be eased in. He played 65% of the snaps, caught six targets, which was tied for the team lead with Mark Andrews, in a game where the Ravens were never behind and had control of the game from the start of it. So you have a, a negative game script towards pass catching. You have viable pass catchers in Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, and you have Bateman playing the Watkins role commanding 65 or, or commanding 22.2% of the target share. Why is this important? If Bateman's available, you have a team that has shown a player that has shown in his first game ever coming off of his, this, this, this injury 
is getting over 20% of the target share on an offense that's starving for an alpha to kind of take over, to be paired alongside both Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. Not bad for a player being East End. Thoughts on Bateman? No, I like Bateman. It was a it was a good start. You've seen and you really have not seen anybody take over that alpha role in Baltimore. While you have seen Lamar Jackson put up some pretty big passing performances, we've seen Hollywood Brown be the field stretcher. We've seen Devin Duvernay come on a little bit more over the last couple weeks in like a almost a Hunter Renfro type of scenario. Um, but they're still missing the alpha. So uh, Bateman coming in and getting that. That snap sharing those targets to start looks good. Ravens are always going to be week to week. You know, you've got a question what the volume might be there. But again, you're just looking to to survive. The Ravens have the Bengals this week, which figures to be a, a really, really solid matchup. Um, the following week, it's... I'm by. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, they're on by. Yeah. So they're, so they're on by the next week, but focusing on this week, you've got a really, really solid matchup against the Bengals. You've got a good matchup against the Vikings, um, the Dolphins, the Bears, who have a weak secondary, the Browns. They don't have another tough-ish matchup until December 5th. That's against Pittsburgh on uh, or you know, late afternoon game. Again, that's Six games. Well, and then you go back Five. and you get the yeah. Browns, Packers, and Bengals right after that. So, and at this point, I mean, it's more. It's not. It's not even just about the matchups that are coming out, which is obviously very important. And we and we know that Baltimore, you know, can be a lower volume passing team. And look, they're up thirty. They're up double digit points by the first quarter. I mean, it, it's you're gonna be. Yeah, like it, it, it was. We have to look beyond just this game you know, to see what a more of a neutral game script looks like. And we're going to get to see that against, you know, the Bengals. And then after against the Vikings, we're not going to get until the Dolphins in the middle of November and the Bears where we're going to see maybe more of that negative game script, you know, towards passing volume. So you have, you know, two games right now with a rookie receiver who is their first round pick who stepped into a role for the injured starter and still being hyper-productive. And Harbaugh came out and said that the plan wasn't to have Bateman play this this large amount of snaps. He, he was supposed to be East End, but he played so well and did, and did what he was supposed to for the team that they couldn't take him off the field. And I get it, you know, Duvernay and Miles Boykin and guys like that aren't going to keep Bateman off the field, but it's still encouraging to see that Bateman was able to get the positive remarks and it's something going forward. If he's available there, he's he, he's a highly smart pickup to go with. I don't disagree. All right, let's get to let's get to the super deep one, super super deep. And we we kind of teased this when we talked to Giants and the and the insane amount of injuries that they have at the receiver position. And that's Dante Pettis. Yes, yes, Hopper. That Dante Pettis, eleven targets. Giants wide receiver two. Bye weeks are, I mean, we just talked about how many of these elite teams are on bye. These elite fantasy producing teams are on bye. And if there's supposed to be no Tony, if Galladay's potentially not coming back, if Slayton's not coming back, and he's going to be alongside 
Sterling Shepard again. Look, the Panthers aren't going to produce the same amount of passing volume, the same amount of scoring volume as the Rams just did. But Sterling Shepard is probably going to draw James Bradbury. Not James Bradbury, uh, one of the top corners for Carolina. Uh, C.J. Henderson right now. Is it Henderson? Yeah. Because they lost. uh, They keep losing fucking people. They lost J.C. Horn. So. And I don't think is Gilmore is is Gilmore slated to come back at this point, or is he uh, or is he still a week out? I haven't seen a look. By the way, this is for super deep leagues. You're not running out to sign them in your 12 teams. I, I mean, maybe you are, but we have injuries. You have a large amount of teams on by with elite playmakers that they're throwing out there for us. They do hope might not be a bad. Uh, what's yeah, that? They do hope to activate Gilmore this week. Okay. So it might not be a bad idea to look at Dante Pettis in those larger rosters. Yeah. Because we can we, we can give you all the fucking fluff names you want. But if we're going to talk waivers, we got to talk a little bit about some of the deeper sessions. This one's more situational, as situations sometimes are. And yep. it, it's really predicated by who's healthy. Because what we've seen is whoever's in this role is going to get target volume for the Giants. But who's healthy? And, you know, you need that player, whoever it may be, to be at least second in the pecking order here um, to get that. So if you have Slayton, Shepard, or, or Galladay healthy, then, you know, Dante, Dante Pettis is less lovely. Or Tony, sorry. So you need him to be at least a two. So this is one that you might pick him up, but it's not an insta start if you do, depending on what we what we find out on Sunday or as the week progresses. But it is a good deep league call where there might not be a ton of people out there, given the injuries, given the combination of players that are injured. So it's not just like you're predicating it on one guy. I mean, there's a higher chance things break your way with this one. So I understand it. Um, but the, I think the asterisk here that we need to call out is this one comes with very, very much pay attention to that situation. Yeah. Like this is like, I don't expect him to make it or expect him to make it through waivers in most leagues. It's one of those scenes where you look at your roster going into Sunday, going Saturday night, Sunday morning, and you have to ask yourself, okay, it looks like Pettis is number two again, you know, matchup. You know, could be more neutral game script. Both teams are struggling. Both defenses are, are good. This isn't the type of, of player you target. But we don't have the normal week's worth of teams playing. And the teams that we're losing, it's a lot of fantasy production, a lot of fantasy players being lost. So, again, that's why we throw out some of these deeper names. Let's move on to next one that's not as deep. We've been shouting them out, especially you in the last uh, a couple weeks here, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. 23 targets over his past three games. Said 60% plus snap share in every game. It's getting the routes. It's getting the snaps. Targets are coming. And this is a Lions team that is, again, starving for you know production outside of Swift, Williams, and Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. And when they lost uh, 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 Quintus Cephas uh, to IR, they needed somebody else to kind of uh, step up from the wide receiver spot. And St. Brown's been that guy. 
over 30 routes, nearly around 30 routes per game is exactly what you want. And while it's not always sexy to target the wide receiver on a low-scoring offense, again, as we, <laughs> yeah, how do we fucking hell, man? We got to start. You got to start looking for, uh, you know, potential players who could get you this eight to ten targets. Yeah, and, and all you need is a touchdown. You're not asking much else from these guys outside of a touchdown, especially in full PPR, right? For especially in full PPR for St. Brown, where five balls for 26 yards isn't sexy, but you know it's not zero, and that's kind of where you're at sometimes. Seven for 65, not sexy, but you're into double digits. Six for 70, not sexy, you're into double digits. So the touchdown's not there, but. Amon Ross St. Brown is playing in a Jacoby Myers, Hunter Rinfro type of role here where they're not going to work. They're not working him downfield, right? He's under 10 yards of target on the season easily. Um, but he's getting volume because there's nobody else healthy here. Um, he's going to continue to get volume. He'll get volume against the Rams because of the game script. Uh, it, it's not quite as attractive after that uh well no philly can be beat up on a little bit so you know you're gonna get a couple usable weeks out of st brown and this is a floor play right when i talked in the intro to this segment about structuring your roster a certain way based on your opponent um you know this is a, a guy to have around when you just need all right well i can't have a guy give me zero i can't risk putting um you know a low target guy, Henry Ruggs comes to mind, for example, that, you know, might get me three targets and may go three for 90 and a touchdown or may go three for 23. You know, this is, is I need some volume here and I'm okay with plugging this in. Exactly. Uh, let's turn back time a little bit. Oh, no. If I can turn back time. If T.Y. Hilton find a way, way to get T.J. or to get T.Y. Hilton, Hilton, on just a fifty uh, percent snap share and a very lopsided victory for the Colts, just got four targets for four yards. Cut off four of his targets for eighty-one yards. Look, stats-wise, those may not look sexy, right? One deep target, yeah, the caught Colts, it obviously. Colts don't and. They're but they get the in. Niners. Yeah. Again, you have injuries now. Uh, Paris Hilton's hurt. Hilton's a good complement to what Pittman is for this offense. Pittman's and if you're looking for more of a deeper... With, what's that? Pittman's target volume went way into the tank also. It was a bad game script to get a lot of target volumes. So. I mean, yeah, they were 31. I mean, they won 31 to 3 against Houston. This game was never in doubt, ever. Not, not once. Now I get the Niners. You get a more of a neutral game script, which should be. Both somewhat struggling offenses, both up and down defenses with strong running games. Today's neutral, you're going to get some throwing as one or as one of these teams may come alive, you may see a little more scoring early on. If one, if it becomes a little lopsided early on, you're going to see a lot more throwing. A guy like Ty, who the opposite of Sam Brown, and doesn't need a lot of target volume to get that done. And if he's playing in that role, I believe slot receivers have also had a pretty have pretty decent days against the Niners. Uh, this might not be the worst call in the world. 
they have, and the other part of this is, holy crap, is the Colt schedule one of my favorite ones coming throughout this. Um, you've got the 49ers this week, then the Titans, the Jets, the Jaguars. Then you get a rough matchup against the Bills, but then you get the Bucks, which is game script decent, at least. Then you get... Uh, the Bucks, the Texans. This is not a bad pickup anyway. Uh, the Cardinals, the Colts. The only bad matchup between here and the end of the year for the Colts is the Patriots. That's it. And the Patriots' pass defense is waning a little bit. So, I, I mean, that is literally it. If T.Y. Hilton's on waivers, you're not just grabbing T.Y. Hilton for bye weeks. You're grabbing T.Y. Hilton for a championship run, and what that deep target tells you is this, too. There's still some boom left in that tank without the noodle arm of Phillip Rivers. And he's we, not, don't, we don't know what the not, floor is going to be, but there's still some boom left in T.Y. Hilton. And there's he's not drawing number one outside coverage. No. I expect to see him more again. He played 25, you know, 25% of his snaps came in the slot. Not, I expect that to go up with Paris Campbell, not hurt especially if, he's, if he is due to miss time and you get mismatches when you have a speed a speed slot guy lining up against linebackers, your cover linebackers, and your safeties. All your number three, which is typically smaller, slower corners. Maybe not slower, but definitely smaller. You get T.Y. Who's, who's been working back into this offense. Again, starts out hot in a very, very lopsided matchup that would wane towards – a negative game script for passing for the Colts offense. And I expect that to get better against the Niners. While I expect that to get better against the Titans. Jets and Jaguars might be a little disgusting, but again, you're not playing TY for four. You might be eventually, but right now you're playing TY for the boom, for that potential boom upside. It's the Colts are starving for a number two receiving option on Lonside Pittman. They are indeed. And T.Y. Hilton, look, he might have been a preemptive pickup on name cliche, but if he's out there, yeah, roster him. See what you get. Last year was a dud. Not a lot of love for T.Y. Hilton right now, but, I mean, look, Carson Wentz has his faults. Carson Wentz isn't at the end of his career, you know, doing a Ben Roethlisberger impression like Philip Rivers was last year. So... A good way to put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, final one. We're gonna go not turn back. We're gonna do the opposite turning back time. We're gonna go with the rookie number two, Jalen Waddle, the Dolphins. Waddle, thirteen targets, ten catches for I believe seventy yards and two touchdowns. Look, he's not a deep threat. They've decided to by they I mean the Dolphins have decided to use Waddle as this underneath a gadget, Curtis Samuel style player instead of the Randall Cobb S style that we thought he'd be rugs potentially getting more deep threats. But what's great about this is that majority of leagues. Well, we hope you guys play in it's PPR wide receivers getting 10 fucking catches, double digit targets. You're meeting his floor without even counting yards, and touchdowns. And while Waddle's not going to provide you that boom, he, there is still a lot of boom into him as a player. He's going to house one. A, I think he's going to house one of these. And two has found a love for him. He's found a fond for him. He's struggling. The offense is struggling, but who's not struggling is Waddle. 
Waddle's a good player to have because I believe he's game script neutral or he's not game script dependent. He's not really matchup dependent. If they're going to utilize him in a high efficient pass catching way, it, that works in all different scripts. And when, when Waddle had his struggle from weeks, you know, two through five, you know, Hatua comes back and now you get this potential chance to see him reconnect back with his college quarterback. I like him as a stash, the same way that we like Hilton and Brown as they potentially be on this week stashes or beyond this week play as well. I think we're going to see some games where it's not going to look great, but again, when you're looking through these bye weeks, you're looking for a floor with some upside. Waddle is the younger version of what you may see from some Hilton. And he's getting a ton of volume, and I may have thrown waiver claims out there on him myself. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Waddle, I'm bored again. It's like you take the volume of Amon Ross St. Brown and put it with the boom that's there for T.Y. Hilton, and you basically get Jalen Waddle. It's a combination of both two things, and he might be the most. Uh, complete, shall we say, wide receiver that's that's out there on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, again, the Dolphins have looked like a dumpster fire. They are a dumpster fire. But if they're going to continue to roll out Tua. Looked better with Tua back, though. Look looked better with, yeah, look look better. And this team is, it's, it's we're seeing what we would have thought we saw from them last year, right? They're one in five. Things have not looked great. And now you're going to start seeing the younger pieces being worked in. It means less potentially from Devonta Parker. Less, we're not going to see much from Bo Fuller. He's a one-year guy there. And you're going to start to see a little more Jalen Waddle play more snaps, run more routes, and hopefully see his route tree and his usage expanded beyond just the seven-yard line. Sure. The seven right. yards out. Indeed. All right, a couple other things that we need to look at outside of just uh... – the wide receiver position because this is a very wide receiver heavy list. Well, I mean, it's, um, it's the one position that's it's like it's. I mean, for running backs, it's very very consolidated to like two or three and two tight ends. So. Well, that wasn't a shot. So we're running back. Well, I, know, I, I want to talk about running back for a little bit just to get some names out there in your air. Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton are going to be hot waiver claims this week because they're literally going to take over the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt roles. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, Demetric Felton, depending on where and how your league has him classified, should be he may be running back. Um, you, you know, he was the same way as a prospect coming out of UCLA. Um, not very athletic, but super efficient. Like he, he's got a specific role in mind, and he's the option I'd be, I'd be looking at over Felton. I, it's a bad matchup, by the way. It's the Broncos. It's the Broncos. Tyler Brown's offense is completely obliterated at this point. I don't think that Baker plays. There's no fucking way. I see him playing. He says he's playing. Well, it's not his decision to play either. It's He'll probably you know, play. the coaching staff, which I, I don't know how you like. I will lose. Yeah. I will start to lose respect for Stefanski if this. If they this also call happens. They also have the Steelers before they finally get the Bengals in, in week nine. And you know, Hans on IR. He'll be able to come back week ten. Uh, I expect Chubb coming back. Trouble. Trouble will be back sooner. Short week. So. Um, you're gonna have to pay attention to to that one, but they are backs that should get some volume this week if you're looking for backs. You've got guys coming off of you got some lottery ticket type plays coming off of of the pup. It 
or that are eligible to come off the pub. Jermichael Hasty looks like he will in San Francisco. Um, who, you know, desperately needs running back help. Jeff Wilson in San Francisco, also eligible. So, um, they're going to start to get healthy in that running back room. It's going to get very crowded. Very crowded, very quick. Two touchdown game on on 10 carries. Yeah. Um, (laughs) who's not coming back, Tariq Cohen. There has been no word on, on his status, but on the flip side of that, Khalil Herbert is carving out a nice role for himself. Um, and maybe usurping Damian Williams, uh, opposite David Montgomery. David Montgomery, I think, is eligible to come back next week, um, yes. at the earliest if, if, if he's healthy. But something else to keep in mind, uh, you've got the guys that are popping up in trades that could happen over the next couple of weeks. Marlon Mack, uh, you've got Devonta Freeman for the Ravens, who put together a nice game. Name I can't believe I'm mentioning. <laughs> um, but we just yeah. talked about, uh, the Ravens schedule coming up and, and how decent that looks. Um, Andrew PPR backs that, that may be out there. Look, JD McKissick, we talked about him last week. It hit in PPR leagues. It's another good JD McKissick matchup this week, for example. So, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit more coming up, but there's some of your, uh, some running back names for you to know. You've also got the, the Dolphins' backfield, which is starting to shape up a little bit, but not really. Um, I'm still avoiding. I, I would avoid them if at all possible. Uh, but, you know, again, just you're looking for options across a, a barren, barren landscape uh, of running backs. So pay attention to that a bit, but not much you can do there. As far as quarterbacks, there's going to be week-to-week streams more so than anything. You'd obviously prefer somebody that you can use for for multiple weeks out of that. We just talked about Carson Wentz and how good the Colts schedule is and single QB leagues. He may not be on rosters, um, so you can stream that one. Uh, a couple other guys to to look at, Taylor Heineke. They go on by – now they have the Broncos next week, which is tough, but they have a good match matchup against uh, a weekend Packers secondary this week. Not really bad quarterback matchups this week. Looking at it, though, um, you can almost pick up anybody that's playing this week and have a solid chance at, at doing something. So, yeah. As, yeah. Far, as far as tight ends go, just try to find somebody that might catch a touchdown. That's someone with a pulse. Somebody that gets some red zone looks and has a pulse that occasionally Zach gets, Ertz, that gets three snap. targets a game. Zach Ertz is, is one of those. Cole Komet is one of those. Um, you know, OJ Howard made a appearance as Gronk tries to get healthy. <laughs> That's right. Um, look, it's not at all pretty, but you know you got to do something there. So Tuve Uzama showed that he can blow up. Again, names. Yeah, tight ends. Tight ends. Anyway, tight ends. Um, well. Sunday live streams for your start sick questions. Make sure you tune into those with the exception of the fact that we probably won't have one this Sunday either because it's probably worse Sunday to not have one, but I got to work. Oh, man. After that, I'm I, good for the rest of the year. No, we're good. I think our uh, our Steam listeners understand. find other, other great places. The headliners, our friends over the headliners do a lot of stuff Sunday mornings and yes. Sunday 
so uh, pregame. So tune into them. Let Jake or Kyle know that we sent you, and or maybe don't. I'm not really <laughs> sure. No, no. Tell them. Tell them. And then tell them we're looking for a fucking macaroni bites. Yeah. Tell them we want our <laughs> mac and cheese bites. Ah. But uh, yeah, let them know not that really. that we sent you over. We'll be back week eight for the rest of the season. I. You know, sincere apologies for that. Um, for those that don't know, if you haven't figured it out, I run all the tech, all the streaming, and everything like that. So, you know, fine. I'm pretty useless. He can do this without me. It, just, you know, I can do it without him. We struggle to do it without me. So, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be a struggle. Fuck. Dan Plus, could YouTube from his cell phone. I I mean, I could probably figure it out again, but it's it's, it's yeah. One with one person is just not super fun. No, it's not. It's very boring. So we'll be back week eight forward for sure. Um, Just, yeah. Life happens and dictates it and that type of thing. Again, reach out. Again, you know, reach out if you want. We'll ask questions. Want to reach out? Yeah, reach out to Dan on Twitter. He's very, he's a lot better at paying attention to that than I am. I'm also not working this one. So, (laughs) yeah, be a feel three. On Twitter, make sure you reach out to him there. Set a beer review so that I can finish the last drink of this and get into something else and uh, hit some previews. Hell yeah. Beer review. All right. All right, statewide from four hands, it's benefits the Veterans Community Project. Um, statewide is a hazy pale ale from them. Uh, hazy pale ale is a little different than your India pale ales, basically in the fact that they're designed to be a little bit more uh, citrus and fruit forward without a lot of the bittering qualities that you typically get out of an IPA, um, but also not a lot of the like super juicy qualities that you'd get out of a out of a Nipa. So. For this one, uh, color-wise, haze is definitely there. Um, as far as flavor goes, it, it's a very good balance. It's got a bit of bitterness on the back end, not a ton. Just really helps subdue um, some of the other notes that you get out of the hops. There's a little bit of a of a woodsy note to it, and then uh, just a bit of like grapefruit or just kind of a generic like juicier mouthfeel. It's crushable, as Dan likes to say. I yep. he taught me that word. So it's very crushable beer, um, not anything super special, just a very solid representation. Yeah, I love me some hazy pale ale. It's not the insane heavy bodies you get for some of the double and triple hazies out there, and, and generally less on the alcohol percentage. So you're not getting fucking hammered after your fourth one. All right, I got again Distilled Triton. This is a a blend of. Uh, the American and English style barley wine. So using, I'm assuming malts and, and things alike yeast potentially that are from a combination of both American and English. Um, again, color wise, you're looking at a very, you know, uh, caramel toffee, heavy amber color uh, bodies at medium to heavy, light medium, I guess, or just medium. Um, you're, you're not getting the overall true thickness you may, you may get from any, or from an, you know, from an American barley wine, especially barrel age, we get this super caramel, super toffee, almost fruit-like sweetness from this. 
hits a little bit differently, clocks in at about 12% here. So not one of these you want to crush. And being that this is very sweet, you also don't want to crush something that's like this. So it's not something you can really see out in the wild. If you have a friend or if you live in the Bloomington, Illinois, the Bloomington normal area, or if you know somebody from that area and you love barley wines, I would I would highly recommend giving this one a try. You know where I can find a and friend totally, in the Bloomington? Totally not biased. You know where yes. I can find a friend in the Bloomington, Illinois area? I know a few. Okay. I know a few. Good. All right. Previews. Previews. All right. Uh, Broncos, Browns. I don't have the lines in front of me. I got it. You know I got this. Okay. I know, you, I know you got this. This is Dan's brand. This is what he looks forward to every week. It's Oh, yeah. I get to make fun of or be in awe of the matchups that are coming up. Broncos at the Browns. Browns are favored by three points. I expect this line to change as we get more information on the players that are or may not be playing. Over-unders at 42 and a half. Look, if the Browns are expected to miss as many players as it's being alluded to, I'm the Broncos at plus three is a great matchup. Broncos money line at plus, 20, at plus 146 looks great. Again, I expect this line to go down as we get more of the injury take calls from the teams tomorrow. Uh, and especially on Thursday game total, I'm staying away from solely because I don't trust either offense, especially the Browns. If they're this banged up. Yeah. Broncos money line expected to change. So this is one of those situations when, when getting an early week, uh, bet then, especially for Thursday, it is it's smart. It's, it, it pays to look at early lines on your betting website. All right, looking at this from a, a fantasy perspective, it's a solid matchup for your Broncos wide receivers. Watch the status, status of uh, Jerry Judy. There were some releases that just happened that, that lead to the idea that he could very easily be back. Um, but Cortland Sutton will be there as well. Uh, always, I mean, pretty much a perennial good start. We said he'd be a, a value in fantasy drafts. He is. Um, as far as the running backs, look, it's frustrating to run out Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon. You don't have a choice this week for the m- most likely, given the number of players on by. This should be okay. They're pretty standard for 9 to 12 points a game, though. You're not, at this point, I don't believe that anyone remembers, either of them remembers how to boom. So, um, and they're still getting basically 50-50 work share so it pretty much is like it's pretty much fucking even it's insane how close it is on the brown side it's a rough matchup people are going to rush out to pick up dearness johnston or um we mentioned felton earlier but it is a yeah it's a not sexy matchup for anything on on the brown side um they may not have their quarterback they could be down both top wide receivers um in a rough matchup there. Look, it, it's going to be hard, but I might avoid the Browns this week against that Denver defense. There will be somebody, and, you know, maybe it's Peoples Jones, maybe it's Anthony Schwartz. There will be somebody there. But, you know, I don't love what we're going to, what we're potentially going to get there. So you got to pay attention to what's going on there, um, which is I would avoid a lot of it if I can. Pay attention to Mayfield. Pay attention to the status of Odell, of Jarvis Landry as the week wears on. But um, keep in mind, it's a, it's a bad matchup, and replacement players are going to be even worse. 
Broncos yeah, defense, good stream this week. A great stream. I think both defenses are good stream this week. As, as, uh, Teddy is not a uh, a stranger of taking sacks. Um, and the Browns, if they're healthy, if there's anything healthy about the Browns, it's on that it's on that defensive line. So, got the not the worst to play defenses. Donovan Peoples Jones had the big plays in two touchdowns, especially after the the absence of Odell when he got hurt. I'm not really rushing out to chase those points, so I'm not chasing Keenum. So I'm with you, though. I'm probably this is this is definitely not a game you want to target for your uh, for trying to fill in your bye weeks and your injuries. Indeed. All right, let's move on to uh, a far more uh, enthusiastic matchup: Bengals at Ravens. Ravens are six point favorites at home. Forty-seven and a half is the game total. Look, Cincinnati's been. They've been competitive. Well, it, 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 well, it feels like every game besides maybe Chicago. You know, they were competitive against the Packers, beat the Vikings at home. Uh, Baltimore has – they've they've kind of played down to their opponents. They almost lost against Detroit. They lost against the Raiders. Almost lost against the Colts. Should have lost against the Colts. Should have lost against Detroit. They're also very much banged up in the secondary. It's a good pass rush for the weak secondary. And Baltimore's offense is starting to come alive, even though they just lost Ronnie Staley to season-ending IR. So that offensive line is now also banged up even more than it was. I like the Bengals here. I'll take the spread. I don't think they're going to win, but I think this game's going to be a very much of an or of an AFC North-style divisional matchup where the game's decided by the late fourth quarter and within three to four points. So I'll take. Uh, I'll take the Bengals plus six and game total is a bit high. I'm not in love with it. Um, I can definitely see this game going over or I can see some of a defensive matchup, but I, if you're, if you're betting a game total, I'd lean the over. Sure. And taking this one also from a fantasy football perspective, you can start essentially everything here. Joe Mixon <laughs> should be in line for a very big week. Um, he had the biggest week on the Bengals last week. You know, the game script's going to be pushed a little more, so I'd expect a bit more behind Jamar Chase out of T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. But uh, Jonathan Taylor treaded the Ravens so two weeks ago, so expect a huge week out of Mixon. Um, for the Ravens side of this, we talked about uh, shit Bateman. So we talked about Rashad Bateman. And how good of a play he is, what his target share was, this again is a game that should push pace a little bit. Um, so I'd expect some solid things out of out of Bateman. Bengals have not been great against the run. We saw Latavius Murray go down with an injury last week. You'll want to keep an eye on his status, but Devonta Freeman is out there on the waiver wire. Uh, he had nine carries for 53 yards and a touchdown, so pretty good average. Uh, we know that he can be used in the passing game as well, so... Um, you know, he's a guy that during bye week hell you can absolutely target here. Uh, but Hollywood Brown as well, uh, always the option to catch, catch something over the top. He's getting four to five shots a game. And again, it's bye week hell. So, you know, if you're looking for boom, Hollywood Brown's a pretty good start. This is basically a run out everyone type of matchup. Yeah. I expect Brown, I expect Brown to bounce back against what should be a more neutral game script throughout the game. And then obviously it favors better if Cincinnati can get up and, and with how Cincinnati's played, I don't I just don't see Baltimore 
doing what they did to the Chargers, especially with injuries starting to mount up on, on the offensive side of the ball. Let's move on to a less sexy game. Panthers at the Giants. Giants are the Panthers, excuse me, are three-point favorites. On the road, uh, 43.5 is the game total. Like, if there's a get-right game for Darnold, it's, it starts here. Um, obviously, no McCaffrey. Chuba Hubbard's been very much a, a viable option as a streaming option in his absence. DJ Moore will be DJ Moore. Um, I, I, depending on what Daniel Jones we get, whether that be, you know, multiple touchdowns, 300 plus yards, or no touchdowns at one touchdown, three turnovers, this game could very much could go over. Um, I love throwing a game like this in the parlay. Uh, especially one that, I mean, it's one of those, I'm not as super confident, but if they all hit at the same time, it could be very, very nice. So game spread, I really don't care much about. I, both teams are, are pretty much struggling, but I'll take the game total here. I expect it to be fairly neutral throughout. And, and if we get a, a boom game from the quarterbacks, this can easily hit, hit 50 plus points. Yes, I missed. I was hoping you'd say team names again because I totally missed what teams you were talking about. I got I saw a squirrel uh, for a second. Uh, Panthers Giants. Oh, okay. You're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Panthers Giants. All right. So first off, media comments, Chuba Hubbard. Um, but also if you're looking for a back, the Panthers want to lead on the running game a little bit more more. Royce Freeman is the other back here. Um they're gonna look to change up this offense a little bit given uh you know, kind of how it sputtered some. Freeman not getting a ton of volume. I'm not recommending starting him this week, but maybe a preemptive pickup on that one. Uh, DJ Moore getting the majority of the volume here. Um, I expect this to be, you know, we don't know what the Giants are going to come out with. So for the Panthers, though, I expect DJ Moore, Chuba Hubbard, and I would kind of hold the C. Do they shift the offense? You can maybe do a preemptive Roy Freeman pickup if they do shift more to the run game try to get him more involved go with that one two punch type of thing um you know should be a get right game for Darnold if you're looking for a quarterback streamer this week um but there's no shortage of uh of options here I think if I'm looking for a streamer I'd rather go a guy like uh you know Taylor Heineke or or Derek Carr this week than or even potentially Jared Goff's revenge game than I would um, Sam Darnold. For the Giants, it, it's very, very much going to depend on what they have healthy in the receiving room. We mentioned that uh, Dante Pettis could easily be a viable option, so you know I'm not going to take away from that. Barkley's still out. Devontae Booker, um, if you picked him up, you should run him out and start him this week. And Again, not because the matchup is fantastic. It's actually very neutral, but because it's bye week hell. I can't give any assessment on the Giants wide receivers, right? We don't know who's being activated for the Panthers. It looks like Gilmore will be. Um, we don't know who's going to be healthy for the Giants. What I will say is this. If it's one of the top two receivers, whoever they are, you know, you're probably okay with, with starting them in this matchup. You know, even if, you know, Henderson has come along, who's in a new offense and Gilmore comes back off IR. A uh, little bit of rust, also also in a new defense. Um, with the volume that's been going that way, I'm okay with the top two Giants wide receivers, whoever they may be this week. Yep, I agree. All right, 
Football team at Green Bay. Hey, Green Bay, nine and a half point favorites at home. 48 and a half is the game total. Look kind of like both Darnold and Jones. Heineke has fallen a bit off the face here. Obviously, the uh, the least caught up to whatever the fuck he's become. Green Bay should win this game handily. We generally stay away from higher spreads like this, but I mean, if you're going to bet this game, the spread looks about as sexy as sexy can be. Under 10 points here. Uh, game total wise at 48 and a half. Look, it's all based on if Washington, you know, can score enough points to get that. We expect Green Bay to, uh, thankfully, without Jair Alexander, may be a little bit better for TJ McLaurin, which means it's going to be a little bit better for, for scoring potential here. So lean the over if you want to bet the game total, but not and much to talk about in this game. If Heineke struggles, it's possible we could see Kyle Allen. So, <sighs> I mean, it's ugly, but I'm <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's basically what I'm yet. looking for here is anything for Terry McLaurin, who's also, um, yeah, I don't know true. that he's shed quarterback proof, but it has not been good here, you know, the last two weeks for Terry McLaurin again. You know, New Orleans, I understand that. Tough defense. Kansas City, I would have hoped it was a little bit better. They do get Green Bay. Jair Alexander is still out this week. It is a plus matchup. I'm not trying away from Terry McLaurin. Um, I mentioned Heineke is a stream. It's because Green Bay's pass rush has is, is not been great, and they are really thin in the secondary right now. So I would pay attention to to that. Um, actually, I don't know why I'm saying pay attention to that because it's really just a uh, – yeah, they're they're weak in the secondary, and you know, go start Terry McLaurin and Taylor Heineke is an okay stream this week. He's been struggling, but um, you know, he's still fine in that matchup, which is going to dictate a lot of passing. But speaking of dictating a lot of passing, we talked about it. It's the most predictable game script dependent start that you could possibly have. J.D. McKissick. Um, look, he is good for. 7 and 70 essentially when the game script dictates passing and nothing when it doesn't. This is one that will dictate passing. So it is another JD McKissick game. You're chalk for the Packers. You should know what that means by now. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to a game that's also start everybody. She's at Titans. She's five and a half point favorites. 56 and a half is the game total. Highest on the slate. One of only, uh, Two games with an over-under over 50. Look, Brian Tannehill has been pretty bad this year. But this is an offense that this is a defense he gets that's going to hopefully that should fix. If there's a defense that, that can help fix you, she's are that defense. So expect the Tennessee Titans to be able to put up as much points as they possibly can. Alongside Derrick Henry, obviously the Chiefs are who they are. Look, I, I spread, I don't give a fuck. I want the I want the over here. This one should be the shootout that we're looking for. The most sought after and targeted game in DFS. Uh Chiefs Titans on the road, struggling defenses, struggling offices. That's going to produce a lot of points. Game over. I take the game total over. Lean Chiefs. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said that this is is start everybody because that's exactly what it is. Everybody from Derrick Henry to Daryl Williams to everybody that is, well, essentially everybody. You could even go start Berkser 
this week because it's bye weeks and you need a tight end that has a pulse. And last time I checked, Ferkser barely has a pulse, but he has a pulse. So um, he's pulsing. It's faint, but it's there. I mean, it doesn't help when Jeff Swaim and Michael Pruitt are also barking up that tree. But look, this isn't a a sign off on stardom. This is a it's a plus matchup. And the Titans have tight ends on their roster. <laughs> yeah, yes, they do have tight ends on their roster. Yeah, other than that, it's start everyone. I don't look. It's a great game to bet. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It's a boring game to analyze for fantasy because it's the easiest thing, the most easy cop out that you have, which is yeah, you got a player on either team. Yeah, go ahead and start him. It's fine. Fuck, you may even want to throw. You can even you may even be able to throw Miko Hart. You don't throw his name out much because he ain't worth much. Don't get crazy. This this is yeah. All right, all right, I'll, all right, I'm bad. All right. Jimmy Navarro's back. He says, Sup boys. Sup, Sup Jimmy. boys. Jimmy's back. Not really a question. But I traded McCaffrey for Cup and Henderson last week before the IR news, so one of my cash is. Good. Good. I mean, hey. Good pickup. Daryl Henderson's a guy that I watch, and I see him getting better and better every week. So yeah, uh, there's the part where I said nice things about Daryl Henderson. Um, I mean, I'll admit what I'm wrong. Yeah. I was completely off on Henderson. I'm, I'm okay with and, that. And Cooper Cup is a damn stud, and McCaffrey's going to miss three more weeks, and we saw the story play out last year. So to get two very, very week-in, week-out usable pieces for that, well done. I mean, yeah, very well done. Uh, I feel bad for the guy that made this move and then saw him get put on IR. But I mean, this is a risk when you traded for McCaffrey, who's been banged up. The team's mm-hmm. been, I won't say threatening IR, but has been pretty much mum on it. it. It's why, it was bound. There's a good chance this is bound to happen. This is the reason why I think a lot of people in the fantasy community were like, "Yeah, McCaffrey is the one," but I don't feel great about that. This is why. Back-to-back years of injuries. Yep. Age is getting there. I'm not saying he's injury-prone. Please don't put that on me. But it's going to be cheaper next year, I'll tell you that much. And there's soft tissue issues. When soft t- Look, he's way more talented than David Johnson ever was, but look what happened with him and his injury issues. I'm just I'm just saying. Up there in age, he's still only 25. So I, mean, I know. He's got well, another... Running back, you know, it's past AJ. No, I'm kidding. Three to Dynasty, four, three to Dynasty, four you can, yeah. Dynasty, you can look at. He might be the worst trade candidate out, but he, and, he will be a discount next year. In and he didn't have injury problems up until really year. last year. Um, but, you know, that was also a year where they started to lean on him super, super heavily. I mean, he saw his carries go up by 70. He saw, um, you know, 20 plus more targets. I mean, workload wise took 90 more balls in 2019 than 2018 and the year after he starts dealing with soft tissue issues so you know you got to pay attention to this and yep signs are there signs are there he's going to be cheaper next year you're absolutely right but you know as for this year um it's the right move it's the right call if you are a christian mccaffrey fantasy manager be kicking the tires on trades and looking to cash in that asset. Might be hard right now with him being put on IR this week, but mm-hmm. hey, again, 
also on the flip side though too if you're looking to kind of maybe you like your depth maybe you you feel like you're sitting confidently yeah maybe also kick the tires on McCaffrey because if once he comes back we know also, what we know exactly who he is in this offense well if he can remain healthy if he comes back and he's right and if he's even a little bit off he has a very bad playoff schedule uh Bills Bucks Saints so I'll trust I mean one of those where I'll just trust where no I trust I expect the volume too I trust I McCaffrey's over, volume and I trust the talent when he's healthy it's just yeah. if he comes back Don't a little bit off too I mean it's not like you're getting some sexy schedule at the end of the year either. It's sure. good basically between now and the end of the year. He figures to come back, though. Also, keep in mind they have a late season bye. So he went back on IR. If he comes back as soon as he's eligible, you're going to get Cardinals football team Miami and then a bye week. Falcons. Falcons. And then you're in playoff territory where the matchups are, are not good. So You're going to hear a lot of people out there saying they make a move for him. This is it. it I, like I would tell you is, to go the other way. No, I'm not saying. I'm. I'm. If it's going again, if everyone's zagging, not not the worst to zag too. Like I'm not saying to run out there and overpay for him, but if you can get him for a cheap amount, this is not paying cheap. This is a premium price for a player. If a cup top three receiver, Henderson's playing like a top ten running back. That's that's a pretty it's a hell of a haul. You did good, Jimmy. Yeah, that's a hell of a haul for McCaffrey. But I'm saying if you can, you know, get him for a wide receiver two, uh, paired with the RB two, I'll take that risk. I'll take the chance because I know what the upside's there. Now, the Falcons at the Dolphins. Falcons. Falcons on the road, two and a half point favorites. 47 and a half is the game total. <laughs> It's ugly. Falcons are actually favored, which is weird. Favored on the road. The Falcons. How far have we fallen, Dolphins? I'll I'll take Dolphins money line. I'm not like ultra confident. I don't want to bet this game to be to be I'll be honest, but I'm I'm giving a take. It's Dolphins money line. That's it. That's I don't want to, I don't know the game total. This could easily go over. This could easily be like thirty five points. Yeah, we talked about Mike Davis earlier in the show. Matt Ryan's another guy that falls into streamer category. Calvin Ridley will be back this week. Um, look, two is back, so you expect a little bit more neutral game script. Uh, we, you know, Patterson, you don't sit him right now. As far as the Dolphins go, I love Jalen Waddle. He's getting all of the target volume. Uh, Mike Gusecki, you're not sitting him in a tight end. Uh, you know, flush league. Two is fine as a streamer if he was dropped and he's out there. Uh, and, you're staying away from Dolphins running backs because they're Dolphins running backs. And other than that one random Miles Gaskin blow-up game, there's no consistency or continuity here. They have not effectively used the running game. Yeah, it's a fucking shame, too. Mm-hmm. All right. Jets at the Patriots. Patriots, seven-point favorites. As they should be. Hopefully a potential revenge game for Zach Wilson to get his mind back right coming off the bye. Wait, 42 and a half. Look, I really don't advocate to bet against the Patriots against the rookie QB. I kind of like the Jets to cover the seven points. Look, Wilson goes out, gets his win. Comes back, struggled in London. It's fucking London. He's got a week to get himself prepped. I don't talk as positively about Wilson as much as my co-host does. It's getting harder. (laughs) It's getting harder. I know. 
But in a matchup against the Patriots, we don't blow teams out of the water. And the fact that they're getting more than a touchdown as a spread, a bit concerning. Uh, Patriots defense got exposed last week about the Cowboys. Look, Jets aren't the Cowboys. I don't think anyone's going to mistake them for that. But, you know, coming off of a bye, if we're going to know something about Zach Wilson, this might be the best game to tell. He had a rough start to his career, rough start to the season. Gets the bye week to get his mind right. Gets the the bye week for the Jets to get their mind right. This might be the one week where you can target them and not hate yourself afterwards. Are they going to win this game? Eh. No. Do I think they're going to cover seven points, though? Yes. And I looked at this game, too, and I'm like, all right, is Zach Wilson that guy, right? Is he going to come back pissed off? And hyper focused on this game because it was easily his worst game of the season, which is saying something because he's put up some bad ones. Here are four picks against New England. He saw ghosts too. The last time out, just Arnold. He was he was seeing ghosts, and you know his yards per attempt in that game was point nine one, which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> in case you're he took a lot of sacks too. Oh, God, it's going to be so easy to stream the Patriots defense. All right, is that, that's even worse. Adjusted yards per pass. Attempt, adjusted, sorry. yeah. It yeah. was 0.91. It was two the week after. So, I mean, not not great against tough defenses. New England's past defense, as we talked about, has fallen off a little bit. Um, look, I don't love Zach Wilson this week. I'm like him a lot more the next two weeks against Cincinnati and Indy. This is a very good sit and watch. And if he shows any signs of life against the Patriots and you're full bore with him the following week, um, I'm not on Corey Davis this week. I want to avoid the Jets. If I can, you might not be able to. And fine. You know what? Game strip does dictate that you could start Corey Davis. There should be volume. Uh, you know, Jamison Crowder will be in a football uniform. But, you know, we <laughs> talked about Michael Carter. It's not a great matchup. Um, I don't want a lot to do with the Jets here. As far as the Patriots... You know, Mac Jones is passing a lot more. The Jets, I don't know if they are able to push the pacing in this game, which makes me a little eh on Mac Jones. Uh, Jacoby Myers, it's not going to be a boom game at all. You're looking at the floriest of floor games potentially there. But this is another game that I look at and say this is a Damian Harris game. And feel this confident is, in that yeah. assessment. So Yeah, it's, uh, again, I know even if by apocalypse, this is a hard game to target. This one and some of the other ones you talked about earlier in the show, Panthers, Giants, Broncos, mm-hmm. Broncos, Browns. Look, you're going to have – unfortunately, we get games like this. Yep. All right. Lions at the Rams. Rams are 15 and a half, the highest game spread. I'm sorry. The second highest game spread of the week. There is one higher than this. Rams are 15 and a half. The only other game over 50 points at 50 and a half as the game total. Look, Detroit's going to have to score just enough. Just enough to get this pushed over. I, I don't hate it. I thought this would be maybe 51, 52. Rams, we know, can put up points. The Rams, we know that even if they're up big, we'll put up. We'll still you know, put the foot on the push pedal the pace. and push pace. Obviously, we love that for fantasy players, but from a betting standpoint, it gets it makes seeing these higher game spreads more palatable. I'm still not betting it. 15 and a half, as my grandpa would say, as we talked about here, that's way too many points. It, you, you need a lot. So many things could just, one little thing can go wrong. Defensive touchdown to start the game, some little mishap. 
to start the game off. And, and then all of a sudden the Lions are up at halftime by three points and you're praying for the Rams to get, you know, to get a bit nutty. 15 and a half, they'll take over. Not in love with it, but I've been betting this game. I'm not even using the Rams in a money line parlay because they're minus 950. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rams are chalk. Lions, it's a Jared Goff revenge game. We have seen the Rams not necessarily be and Matthew locked, Stafford. locked out in that regard. Oh, yeah, they traded. It is a Matthew Stafford revenge <laughs> game, too. The battle of the offseason trade. It is an offseason trade game. This is pretty good. Um, look, the one thing that I would point out here that is of note is St. Brown. We talked about him earlier. The volume is definitely there. It is a game where the Lions are going to have to pass. We know that Swift is pretty matchup proof. But so St. Brown's the only guy here that is really a, a deep call, honestly. Hawkins, yeah, deep call. I mean, you said chalk all around minus St. Brown. It's the one flex play that you can play with. I think there's some confidence there. I agree. There's going to be a, there should be a lot of throwing. If the Lions score, oh, the yeah. Lions score a couple of touchdowns early, man, you could see a lot of throwing in this game. Yeah. Jared Goff is a streamer. Yeah. Hopefully that whole line's a bit healthier. All right. Eagles at the Raiders. Raiders are three point favorites at home at 49. Even as the game total. Struggling teams, especially Philly. Raiders only getting only giving three points at home. I like. Generally, you don't see a game I thought would look a little more lopsided in this game spread, especially at least I thought it'd be at least four and a half to five. But getting three, just giving up a field goal. I do like the Raiders at home to cover that game total. Look, Jalen Hurst is now the king of garbage time. And the keen of multiple rushing touchdowns during that time as well. Backdoor cover on Thursday night, you know, preventive, preventive from yours, uh, truly from getting the Bucks to cover. But you're not, you know, you're not giving up six and a half. You're only giving up three. So Raiders to cover. Game total maybe over, right? The Eagles get, you know, the Raiders aren't used to playing with the lead. So Raiders in the over. This one feels kind of. This one does feel kind of fun. This one feels like it might be a Miles Sanders get right type of performance too. But <laughs> if, if they give him enough touches, I don't know how you get on that train though. Uh, look, Eagles. It's not as clear what Chalky is. Chalk is Hurt Smith and Goddard essentially. Raiders are a pretty neutral defense. Like I mentioned, uh, it's bye week hell. You may have to start Miles Sanders if you have to start Miles Sanders. Okay, fine. You have to start Miles Sanders. Um, Probably starting Miles Sanders. Yeah, for the Raiders, it's also chalk, right? The Eagles' defense has really fallen off. Um, you know, we know about garbage time hurts, but with the defense falling off for the Raiders, you're looking Carr, uh, you're looking Renfro, Waller, Josh Jacobs has been good, Kenyon Drake also. Uh, I don't want to say Josh Jacobs has been good; he's been serviceable. Let's put it that way. <laughs> he's been a thing. There was he was serviceable in a tough matchup last week um and Kenyon drake put up two touchdowns so uh they're getting him a little bit more involved as well i'm okay with both backs in in this type of scenario as well so for the raiders it's it's pretty much a chalk play yeah i actually like this as a game stack it's a sneaky game stack it is a sneaky game stack because it's not sexy on paper with how the teams have been over the last two years but this season that's actually a pretty sexy matchup yeah it's uh that's why i like the over here I still like the Raiders to cover, but 
you know, this could be uh, – you might see some other players. Rugs, deep shot. Eagles has a, you know, have a weak secondary. If you're looking for a boom play, Rugs isn't the worst. Same with potentially Edwards mm. as both of them kind of get the deep shots. But Browns at Buccaneers, 12.5-point favorites. The Bucks are at home. 47.5 Bears is the game total. Did say Buck? Yeah. You said Browns. Oh, Brown. I'm sorry. Bears at the Bucks. Bucks 12 and a half point favorites at home. In, you know, can the Bears score enough? I think they could. I think 12 and a half is a lot. I do. The Bucks coming off of a uh, 10 day rest period. Yeah. Know, against these Bears, who I think looked, look, I called them out to cover last week against the Packers. I thought they were going to. I like the, I like the plus 12 and a half, the Bucks. Or not the Bears are getting. I just I'll don't understand. Points. I know Khalil Herbert was having a good game. I don't understand how you lose by 10, yet somehow Justin Fields only has 27 pass attempts. Yeah. And yeah. maybe that's me just being a curmudgeon Bears fan, but, I mean, even as a running quarterback, right, if you're behind most of the game as they were, you should have 30-plus, which, you know, it's not like, Fields had a ton of rush attempts either, right? He only took off six times. So when you're playing from behind, I expect a little bit more. They'll be playing from behind again. Um, that did give you some revelations, uh, uh, mostly that Darnell Mooney led the team in targets. He did catch the touchdown. Robinson was the team leader in, in yards, but they're still both very much floor performances. So you've not had a good performance from a wide receiver on this team. I don't know if you can avoid it this week, given the buys. You may have to to roll with it. And, and you know, the Bucks secondary has been a little bit better the last couple weeks, but um, still banged up. And this is a game where the Bears are going to have to throw. Damian Harris, I don't believe, has been activated for the COVID list yet, but Khalil Herbert has carved out a nice role. The flip side of that, this is a terrible matchup for the run. So. Terrible. If you Horrible. have the ability to avoid it, and you should, this is the one game this week where I'm saying avoid running backs, at least on the Bears' side of things. Fournette's been good. Bears' run defense is good, but you will still get a floor game out of Fournette. Um, I see no problems for Tampa Bay's passing attack in this game, though. None at all. Now, nope. uh, one caveat. Mike Evans. The Jalen Johnson matchup who is a slightly larger cornerback on Mike Evans. It's a very fun one to me. So if I'm going to fade somebody, that's where that fade is. But that being said, I'm not really like a hard fade on any of this. It's more of a soft fade. <laughs> it's more of a slightly eh, fade. It might be floor game. <laughs> So. Tempting it, but it's not quite there. Yeah. All right. Now let's go for the most lopsided spread of the week. The Texans at the Cardinals. Gross. 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Overrunners at 47 and a half. Everything in my heart wants to say take Houston. The Cardinals... But... I don't... It's... They're good, but great. I mean, they look good. Great times. I it, 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 it. 
They're undefeated, and they played undefeated. the teams that they played are seventeen and seven. So, <sighs> but can they cover? Nearly, you know, three touchdown game or two touchdown and two touchdowns and a field goal. Little Houston just, I mean, they played good uh, against New England, right? I mean, but they just put up a giant dud against the Colts. They did. do not have a shutdown defense at all. No. And the Cardinals don't stop. Again, just like the Rams, there there is no stop to their giddy up. Not until late into the fourth quarter. This, this team wants to go, go, go. So this is just a sit back and have fun. You know, bet this game, sure. You'll probably see you'll probably see some crazy ass people throwing the Cardinals in the money line parlays. Minus sixteen hundred. It's the money line for the Cardinals. You're you're, you're, you're you're literally getting nothing in return. That's 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 the bet. Literally that's nothing. Bad. Literally nothing. Fantasy wise, this is all well, no. There's a little bit geared geared towards the Cardinals. Uh, Rondale Moore, I believe. I need to check on this because yeah, I missed one week and I feel like I've been out of the loop for for several. But I'm pretty sure he's quieted since his hot start. Yeah, Kurt blew up last week. Yeah, he led the team in targets, had the two touchdowns. I'm not chasing those points. I like Christian Kirk in matchups where there's going to dictate some offense, which the Browns definitely did. Uh, I don't think that Houston's that matchup. So. I'm a little off of of Kirk. Um, you know, I, flip side of that is that puts me a little bit more on James Conner this week, who you absolutely should be starting. We talked about him last week as far as a, a goal line vulture and a big time uh, touchdown type back. So, I mean, you should absolutely be running James Conner. He didn't grab the tutter last week, but he did have 70 yards and easily led the team in carries. Uh, Chase Edmonds, a little less... So, and this is a similar game script. So, you know, I'm on I'm on James Conner this week, a little bit off of Edmonds because of game script for Houston. Uh, you're very, very much going to be looking at uh, Brandon Cooks, and that's really it. Mark Ingram had a solid game against the Colts. He's put up two of those so far. Um, not heavily involved in the passing game, just on the ground. Did get 18 carries last week, so he's a fine bi-week fill-in that should be out there on waiver wires because it is another... It's a very similar matchup to what last week was, so I think you can use that as a blueprint on Mark Ingram. But the game script isn't going to dictate it. No. It's just that Houston's Houston, so if they you know, they ran him 18 times and they lost 31-3, to I, I could make worse recommendations. But... Yeah, when you get a game this lopsided, you, I mean, it, 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 you know, it can be tough because you're going to see this as a as a great matchup for your players and then ask yourself, it's not why always they done nothing in the second half. Game but script. It, you need games or points. They got to score, you know, they got to score points to get to this game script matchup. But if they score a lot early, especially defensive touchdowns, defensive touchdowns are a killer for these type of matchups in fantasy. These lopsided potential lopsided matchups in fantasy because all it takes is double digit points for them to go more into run mode. Thankfully, the Cardinals don't really do that. Both Edmonds and Connor generally are viable every week with Connor's to goal line work. Edmonds, even in a you know double digit point win, still gets multiple targets and catches. You just hope that he can break what he broke off a 40 yard to start the game. 
Well, that's really what did it because he, yeah. he only had. He didn't he, have much. He only had four carries and multiple targets in this case is more than one, and it was barely that. It was three for four yards. So, you know, yeah, it, it was just because it, it, it didn't ugly. dictate it. Nobody had more than five targets last week. So, well, Kurt had eight, but that's about it. Did he? Hopkins is oh, yeah, he's done. Kurt. Hopkins uh, is. It's been. Uh, sorry, I was looking at receptions. So no, no, you're good. Him and Green were were up there. But green again. He is. Uh, he's six target green. That's what he'll get. Six targets, nothing more. Hopkins is just. I mean, obviously you're not going to sit him out from the two touchdown. Obviously you're not going to sit Hopkins at all. But twenty point. I think it's twenty and a half. Is his target share. That is. Uh, that's almost eight percent lower than what he normally sees. Yeah. Lower in some seasons. He was at thirty two and a half one year. So. Little goofy. All right. Colts at 49ers. 49ers are three and a half point favorites. 44 and a half is the game total. Little news nugget came out about TY saying that he is not a hundred percent for go to go this week. I saw that. soft tissue. Um coming off a hamstring injury. So like I yeah. said earlier, they're gonna try to to ease him back, and it's kind of like Barkley coming back at the ACL to begin the year, right? His injury designated and questionable every week. Yeah. Sunday nights aren't great for this. Obviously, you have to wind through a lot of teams to get to this point. There's not a lot of replacements if you can't go. St. Seahawks is the next game. So if you're looking, if you're starting to potentially rely on a Colts or Niners receiver, especially ones where there's some injury designation to them, not a lot of options to replace that. So uh, keep that in mind. Betting Don't Sam put Hunt. him in your flex. Yeah, yeah. Put him in your flex. No, do not put him in your flex. Ty, don't put him in your flex if you're going to play him. Well, you want to leave your flex. Open. Oh yeah, that's sorry, that was backwards, wasn't it? Yes, yes. put him in your flex because you want to leave yes. that open and give yourself options. Yeah, you want to. You're build, right. You know, pick from running back, receiver, tight ends. Anyways, Niners three and a half. Uh, game total wise at uh, forty four and a half. Look, spread isn't sexy. Game total isn't sexy. Both teams have looked good and struggled at the same time. You know, both struggling offenses for the most part. You know, Colts' offense started to come alive a little bit against the Ravens and against the the Texans, both sh- not very strong. Uh, so the secondary, expect the Niners to be healthier coming off of this bye week that they had. Um, not looking to what I'm getting. I'm getting excited about. So I, I, I would. Generally pass on this game, maybe take the maybe take the over if you're if you're looking to bet. But I, I maybe live bet this if you like to. But I I I'd go the route of taking of leaning the over on the game total. Yeah. Uh, it's not ugly. I mean, it it's very chalky. <laughs> is how I feel about this. Right? We talked about Ty coming in. Pittman's gonna be. Solid Garoppolo should be back. It's a good streamer. We know that Debo Samuel has been otherworldly. Um, 49ers running backs have been tough. Avoid that if you can. Hasty is likely to be activated. We'll see how that breaks. I would expect him to immediately get workload, though, um, if he is back. If him and Wilson are back, then I'd give it a little pause to see how they fall on the pecking order. But, um, yeah, it's this is... Very, very neutral to me. Very chalky. Yawn is how I feel about the fantasy analysis here. Yawn. 
All right, last game. Saints at the Seahawks. Saints, five and a half point favorites on the road. 43 and a half. It's a game total. Can we get another Monday Night Miracle type of game? Yeah. Yeah. Not in love. Not in love with what I saw from Geno Smith. Maybe the Saints can get a little bit more. Now this should be all of Jameis Winston here, but I'm not sure if Taysom Hill is going to be back or not. I don't think Michael Thomas is playing in this game. No, no news by this point in time about him being activated. Says even though he's eligible, he's probably not going to be yet. Yeah. So, again, just like the Sunday night game, like the Cole Siders, I'm not excited to bet this game. Let's bet this line to change a little bit. Throughout the week, I don't like the early bet, at least for sure. Um, I don't trust either offense. Both defenses, well, the Saints defense is very good. The Seahawks defense is not, but the Saints offense has been so out of sync this year. It's hard to get excited about anybody on the team besides Kamara. And even then, it's a bit tough to get excited about Kamara. So I'm not not betting this game. I just, there's nothing that screams I have to bet. And it's okay to not bet games. It's okay to not bet every single game. Yep. What it's not okay to do in this game is to not play Jameis Winston. (laughs) It is okay to not play Geno Smith. It's very okay. I I like the Saints here. Look, Kamara's going to be solid. I think Jameis finds that same efficiency that has made him streamable certain weeks. Um, It's a tougher matchup for, for the Seahawks, and you know, they had a tougher matchup last week. Geno Smith was was okay. Um, you had an all right game from, from Metcalf, but Lockett only hauling in two passes. Um little little bit rough. So uh look if I, I'm not recommending steer clear of anything yet, but you know, when I talked about game planning for your matchup through the bye weeks, um, you know, Lockett is not even what I would consider a floor play at the moment. So um, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough matchup with a backup quarterback and a bad O line. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's like you said. It's hard to see Geno even think about, you know, giving us two viable receivers. Yeah, so I'm not saying that probably just we're not DK. saying to drop. We're not saying to drop Lockett. It's gonna be very difficult to not play them this week, given what we got out there for buys. But uh, no. Yeah, I agree. It's not going to probably be easy sledding. I think for both of these guys, it might be one or the other each week. It might not be just Metcalf or just Lockett. It might be one or the other. You kind of have to live and die with the choices you make. Yep. That you do. That's it. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, they that's have it. running backs in Seattle, though. But Oh, they do. Uh, we that's don't right. know if it's going to be Chris Carson or not. You'll have to watch the – Injuries. I mean, look, this is a week where if you have a starting running back, be it Alex Collins or not, you're going to start him. Um, yeah, just start. don't expect that to be a blow-up play either. I, I'd almost rather start McKissick than Collins in this this matchup. I would easily. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Okay, now I'm done. That's it. Now we're done. That's it. Now we're done. We'll see you next Wednesday. I think. Bye, guys. Baby. Bye, guys. See Crest out or whatever. Wait, that's not the button I wanted. Seek. That's. See if I get copyright claim for that one. I think he has that trademark. <laughs>